0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. You know how it goes. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. The Rangers are back. So are we. Not that we ever left. We're here every Tuesday. You know where we are. Want to support the podcast? Go to the Patreon. Support us. Get access to BSBOT. Get access to Discord, Insiders Chat, etc. And more. Love you guys. See you there. Today, we have Gaia Demi from Fast Money. Uh, He comes on. He's a huge Ranger fan. Greg and I talk about trade rumors, the return of Mark Stahl, question mark, and a bunch of other things like Kako going the IR. But Before all that happens, let's get to the legend. Mark Messier. Here we go.
1: Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
2: Oh my
0: god, Jesus, we'll just start here. Hey, Bullshit Break fans, welcome to the at the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of patreoncom so Bush Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Also of that, Patreon, Gregory, say hello.
1: 16 prop bets in the in the ruin column, Ryan. This is how Have I... Winners this week?
0: When I was a young lad uh, a long time ago, what I said to myself was, wait, when you're 32 on a Monday night, how do you want to spend your Valentine's Day? And my answer was... Talking about the 16 prop bets that my co-host won on the Super Bowl.
1: I I cleaned up in the cross-sport props. Those, those were the ones I, I crushed. Uh, like Olympic biathlons? Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham had more touchdowns than Ferran Torres had goals for Barcelona. Oh, uh, that's a big one. Joe, <laughs> Joe Mixon ran the ball more times than there were goals in all of Serie A on Sunday. Uh, Jason Tatum hit more threes. Then the Rams scored touchdowns. That one was the one I was more iffy on, but Tatum, thank you. Went four of nine. The Rams only scored three touchdowns. And then uh You crushed. I think there was a a fourth one that I am now not remembering off the top of my head, but I know it existed. Before we get to the Rangers, and we
0: will, um I, I thought that game stunk. Can I be honest? Um,
1: I, 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 first know, half was great.
0: I thought our friend Woe think- said it best. This is the this is a Thursday night football game.
1: First half was great. The first 12 seconds of the second half was great. I greatly enjoyed the rest of the second half because I pounded every sack prop possible in that game. Well, there were a lot of you sacks. You could have gotten the Rams over three and a half sacks at plus money as late as Friday uh, on DraftKings, which you cannot use the promo code for anymore. I'm yeah. old. <laughs> um, but yeah, For now, I, for now. The uh, the Rams individual team and the total game sacks. Oh, Trey Hendrickson getting the first sack of the game made Greg a rich boy early. So it was, yeah, I, it wasn't an entertaining second half if you were rooting for a specific team. But if you're doing what I was doing, which was rooting for individual events to happen, like Ben Skoranek to score a touchdown, it was a wildly entertaining second half. I had a lot of fun. I just wish the reps were consistent. I
0: know that the the face mask call was egregious and not calling it was egregious for sure. But to call the holding penalty uh, on what that was on third down when they're playing for the game, really to me is like, if there's any time to swallow your whistles, it's right then unless it's absolutely egregious and it just wasn't.
1: Yeah. I, I hear that. But at the same time, the Bengals, the outcome's different. If you don't try a third and one rush with your backup running back and not Joe Mixon, that's fair. It's, yeah, like should should the Bengals have been in a position where they were trailing with under a minute to go? Maybe not, but at the same time, the Bengals controlled their own destiny at the end of the game, and they for some reason ran on third and one with Samaj P. Ryan because they thought that would catch the Rams, I don't know, off balance somehow. I just I get really annoyed when coaches don't just use their best available options. Well, that's when what you when you need a fucking yard. Get the fucking yard and then worry about the next we're, play after we're that. We're not going to do the whole Super Bowl breakdown, but that, that's
0: exactly what Sean McVay did. He needed a yard. He, like, drew up plays for Cooper Cup. And he was like, actually, I have, like, an MVP candidate, so I'm just going to use him. Seems like that's yeah. a good strategy.
1: Well, I, not, not, not to mention his running backs ran for, like, one yard per carry. Yeah, um, pretty bad. By the way, shout out to them because my biggest bet of the day was Joe Mixon to be the leading rusher in the game. Easy peasy. So that – very, very happy camper for that one. Again, I had a wonderful Super Bowl. I, d- I don't know what everyone's complaining about. I did awesome. Let's, uh, let's get to some Ranger news because there is some. Uh, the whole... Do we want to call it news or we want to call it speculation? I think there's a big difference. This one that. actually
0: is news, uh, confirmed okay. uh, by the New York Post. Copacaco to be out at least a month further uh, at yeah, this point ideal. in time. Not ideal. Uh, the Rangers' right-wing depth has now disappeared quickly before your eyes. Yep. Uh, the right-wing depth is as follows. Alexi Lafreniere...
1: Who's a left winger. Uh, Philip Hedl. Who is a center. Uh, and Julian Gauthier. Who was not even in the opening night lineup. And
0: uh, only has one move. And you could say that uh, Barclay Goodrow is right wing depth, but I think he's more of a Swiss Army knife than rather than anything else. But hmm. uh, that's uh, that's a very interesting right side as to uh, – as I mean, Kako, we don't – it's at least a month. I think you and I can speculate here because that's what we're going to do. This whole podcast, I think that's what you do in 2022, is you speculate, mm. uh, especially mm. on Valentine's Day, and uh, I, I I would say six weeks is really the, yeah. the, the Kako return. A month is I'd say is I'd say he returns
1: to practice maybe in a month.
0: Yeah, I think mid March, March Madness, Kako gets back to practice, and then we see him in a game uh, like mi- early mid April. I think he'll be back for the playoffs. It's not like an end of uh season kind of situation. You can go back and watch uh, some of the tape for the game where Kaku got hurt. He's flexing his wrist and keeping it close to his uh keeping it close to his chest. It looks like he's wincing. I I they you're talking so you don't know, but I'm going to guess it's a wrist injury. It could be shoulder, it could be something else, of course. Um but there were rumors flying around it was wrist. That's what I've been saying since night 1. And so I'm going to go and say it's that. That doesn't really matter because uh, the Raiders are now without Kapukako for at least a month uh, game time, and the right wing depth is uh, abysmal at best.
1: Yeah, which I will just once again state because I know the KHL has moved their playoffs up, and I know that a certain player in the KHL hmm? who is under contract by the New York Rangers never heard of to him play right right wing. I'm just going to say it firmly: that Vitali Krasov will not play a game for the New York Rangers this year. So I don't want to even speculate on whether he can come back in time. To help this Ranger team and help their right wing depth. He's gone. It's it's Valentine's Day. Stop calling your ex on Valentine's Day to see if they want to get back together. No you
0: up text. Promise yourself. It's not about you.
1: It's not about you. You don't want to do it. Not today. You got 364 other days of the year where you don't give a shit. Don't let Valentine's Day to be the one day where you're like,
0: hmm. 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 Should I send this Anyway. The answer is you shouldn't send the text. Just so you know.
1: Anyway. Um. I do think, I think fans were getting, maybe us too. I right. don't think we were because I think we've been pretty pretty consistent the entire way through. I do think if you want to take a, how do I look at a Kako injury in a positive light? Well, one doesn't exist, but two, there possibly was starting to get this comfortability that the Rangers could just survive with Lafreniere and Kako and they wouldn't have to make a big move to shore up their top six and while if everybody's healthy we would prefer to see Lafayette and Kako in the top six for sure this exact reason is why the New York Rangers have been a player short all year because a team as good as the New York Rangers can't be in a position where they lose one of their children and all of a sudden they're out of options that that can't be a way a team is built and you know, not, not, not to get in any trouble over anything, but you look at a team like the Minnesota Wild and that you talk about their depth and how good they are if injuries do occur and how prepared they are if they are all of a sudden a player short. And that's a big reason why a team like that is as good as they are this year. The New York Rangers can't be a team this shallow. It, it, it just can't be. Whether a Barclay Goodrow in the top six for a game or two because the guy is a little banged up, you say, okay, you live fine, with it. sure. It's fine. It's a long yeah, season. Yeah, but a month is a long time. I know that it... it you know how no know I'm month's a long time? Because the Rangers haven't played for two weeks and it felt like a year. Now imagine another month on top of this without Capacacco and hoping and praying that the Rangers can get something out of a top six that's been pretty putrid at 5v5 this year and hoping to get Artemi Panarin playing consistent hockey when he hasn't had a consistent line made all season long. It, it's... It's the exact reason why the New York Rangers have been a player short, why they should have addressed this earlier. And now I know that we had some optimism. The Rangers were going to make a trade before their next trade. The, the, uh, the argument against it was that, you know, you need two teams to play ball in order to make a deal. But guess what? Calgary Flames went out there and made their stamp today. They got Tyler Toffoli, a guy I don't necessarily love, but the, the charts love him. I know a lot of people in our Discord have very positive opinions of him, like our friend Khaled. He's a very good, legitimate hockey player that went probably cheaper than I thought he would in a trade. So the market has been set. The Rangers have a need. This is a team in the top three of the Metropolitan Division, but a team that I I know that we're going to play the Bruins, Sands, Marshan, and Bergeron by the time people are listening to this, but you stack the Rangers up against the Hurricanes and the Penguins right now, and while I don't hate my chances because of Igor Shosturkin, I'd love to feel better about him. And the only way you'd feel better about him if the Rangers addressed the one biggest need this team has had all year long. It's right wing. It's been there the entire year. And now, they, are, like you said, off the top of the show, their top three right wingers is a left winger, a center, and a guy who shouldn't be in the top six. Those are the three options they have. And it's the the just... fourth
0: option is Ryan Reeves. Like...
1: The fourth <laughs> option is Dryden Hunt, who we've like we've we've done that dance already. It's over. And it's just not worth it. It's not really there. Well, the bottom six so right now is like
0: is is putrid. To be honest with you, I mean, it's yeah, so Hunt, Heedle, Gauthier, M- McKeag, Rooney, Reeves. Like, woof, that is rough,
1: man. Like, I mean, it's it's a rough state of affairs when the Rangers lost Sammy Blay, and that did a lot of damage to the right wing depth. It's just it's a need this team has had since before the season started. They haven't addressed it. They've gotten away with it to this point, but at, at some point in time, it's going to bite you in the ass. And Riley Smith ain't walking through that door because Vegas figured out what Le- the Lightning figured out for two years before this, where they can just smudge the numbers for a couple of weeks. And they'll be fine come playoff time, and they'll probably win a fucking Stanley Cup. How much would you so bet I- right
0: now that Mark Stone doesn't come back to the first game of the playoffs? Because I think, uh, I know
1: oh, I, it's a large amount. I bet a lot of your money. I know that for sure.
0: <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, why would they, Why why would he come back? For real. They can just say, it, 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 they, they said it's a back issue, I'm assuming, and they can just be like, oh, he's not ready.
1: That's it. That's yeah, all it's I have to say. It's not like Stone, right? You need Eichel in the lineup because you need him to mesh with new teammates, right? Mark Stone, you, you know what you have. You don't gotta ease him back. It's into like Kucherov comes
0: back and then he breaks like some playoff records. He's like, oh, actually, he was fine. He scored 16 points in this series. Good. Uh, I don't know.
1: He had a bad hip.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Had a... I'm sorry. Why
1: would why would a team like the Lightning specifically hold out their best player all season until the
0: first game of the they, playoffs? This is very strange. Yeah, they
1: don't. They come. Oh on. wait, I'm sorry. He did come back. Kind of... He did come back a week
0: early when Stamkos went on the IR. I they don't
1: have this. the kind of talent that could supplement. Nikita Kucherov over a 56 or 82 game season. That's ridiculous. Oh, they no do? No team would do that. They do,
0: and then they uh, accidentally did made the playoffs, like totally based on, I don't know, the rest of their amazing team. Very strange. Mm. Very strange. Mm. Oh, and they're a star goalie. That's interesting. Hmm. Makes you think. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't see Mark Stone coming back till game one, so I don't think Riley Smith's coming either. And this whole JT Miller saga is a joke, uh, in my opinion. It's one of the funniest situations I've seen. On hockey Twitter, where all the Vancouver Canucks people were like, "There's no way you get JT Miller for that package," and then on the Ranger side, it's just, "We don't want JT Miller, and here's the limited amount we've offer. <laughs> that's all we want to." It's like two people yelling at a wall at the same time. No one. Well, no, it. one done.
1: person yelling at the wall, and the other people not even being on the other side of the wall to listen to it. Yeah,
0: I don't know where the Miller stuff comes from. We've been dispelling it for a couple
1: weeks now. Would I be shocked if he was a Ranger. I know where it's coming speculation. from. Speculation, yeah. yeah. Well, I do think the Rangers called. I, I don't think that part is speculation, but I also think Chris Jordan called fucking everybody. And I think Drury, like I said, I said this, I think it was on OT. I don't know. The episode's kind of blend together at this point. Drury called every team, said he has three pieces available. Tell him which you'd like the most. And Drury rattled off a couple names to every team that he also liked. And he definitely said the name JT Miller as a player that he liked. And he definitely said Niels Lundqvist, Vitaly Kravtsov, and our first-round pick as pieces he'd be willing to trade, not all together for one player, but in different variations of packages. But it the, the part of this that I've never been able to wrap my head around is that if you're the Vancouver Canucks, the Pacific is kind of a mess right now. You haven't played a lot of games because of COVID. You're not out of a playoff picture at this point. You have new management. You have pissed-off fans. Why are you necessarily selling already the package they could get for JT Miller is going to be there in the summer. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. So I saw Bruce I've never tweeted understood... about that
0: today where he was like, the the
1: price will diminish. Like, I don't really know if it will. Yeah. It, I don't think it will because guess what? If the Rangers, if the Rangers can't afford Ryan Strom, it's just going to make them hungrier to trade for JT Miller in the summer. But I, I just, I just think it's, it's, it's a match where I don't think the Canucks are necessarily motivated to trade. I don't think the Rangers are necessarily motivated to pit, pony up what it would be to get a player they've already given up on. So you, all you get is just like Canadian people yelling at each other about <laughs> stuff and things. We
0: should probably have someone on from the Vancouver side of things to kind of get what they're thinking right now. I mean, they've just changed. Like you said, the entire operations team is different, and they do have some solid pieces. I mean, they've been a mess for years. Uh, but maybe the return for JT Miller just isn't there right now. I, I, I saw Vancouver fans say, hey, Lundqvist and and, uh, and Kravtsov isn't enough. I, Lundqvist, Kravtsov, and a first is, isn't enough. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. I, I don't value JT Miller that highly. I know he can play hockey. I'm worried about what he would do to the locker room. And I'm worried about, uh, I, I know he has one more year, but they wouldn't retain salary on that. That wouldn't be a real thing. I know that Drury is going to go out and try and find somebody with longevity first with length on their contract and then rentals later. And I, that's why I still think they circle back on Jacob Chipgren, even though he isn't a forward as stupid as that is.
1: Yeah, what we've talked about Chipgren to a point of ad nauseum. Yeah, we can pass on is, that. Yeah, he's just he's a foundational piece. Anytime that's available, you have to at least knock blah, on the blah, door. Blah, blah, but blah. I, just, I think the Rangers know what the price is on Phil Kessel. They're not going to allow a team to outbid them on Phil Kessel. And they'll just... They'll get to Phil Kessel when someone forces their hand to get to Phil Kessel. But they're going to try a lot of other things first. Well, that's because no one can fit uh, the cap
0: for Phil Kessel except the Rangers. <laughs> like, they have $35 million available to them at
1: this trade. Yeah, market. and it, the teams that would want Sally retained, they're not going to give up a first-round pick for a couple months of Phil Kessel. It's just not going to happen.
0: No. They'll, I think you can get Kessel for like a third-rounder.
1: Yeah, as long as you're willing to eat the contract. We are.
0: Thirty-five million dollars. Exactly.
1: <laughs> seems like there's a lot of reasons for the Rangers trade for Phil Kessel, right? That's all I'm saying. It makes no sense that people. That, that, I mean, it that, makes, it no, makes it doesn't. It hasn't gotten done yet.
0: Like that's. What but I'm Ryan, saying.
1: why why are we wasting our time talking about Phil Kessel when we could talk about the return of Mark Stahl? I'm
0: so sorry that we took 15 minutes and 48 seconds to talk about this because <laughs> when when you sign Patrick Nemeth for three years at 2.5 million dollars, 2.2, whatever it is, 2.5, I think. Uh, you have to consider yourself. hmm, Why wouldn't we just trade back for Mark Stahl, who's been serviceable lock, in
1: Detroit? Great, great locker room guy. Knows what takes the a lead. Not bad season and win. Uh, has playoff experience in New York. Makes. You I think. just, I just, I. The second I read it, you have that moment where you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be bad." But then my brain just clicked in, and I was like, "You know what? It's gonna be so bad, it's gonna be good." And I need to see it. I just want to see the reaction. I want to see everybody's takes. I want to see everyone's live reaction. I want to see how many O's people can fit in their nose in the tweets. I want everything. I want the whole kit and caboodle. I need it all. It was great. That article was just a, here are some guys that used to be Rangers. What if they were Rangers again? And I don't expect that shit from a company that raised my fucking subscription cost by a (laughs) dollar.
0: Oh, shout outs to that company. Um,
1: yeah, it's
0: it's interesting theory. I I haven't heard. Have you heard anything? In oh, uh, when was the last time you thought about Mark Stahl?
1: Uh, when would we have Wing Wheeled on? Okay, a of that's true. Weeks ago at this point? Yeah, but before that, I mean, but before that, it, yeah, I honestly <laughs> forgot he was in the league.
0: Forgot <laughs> yeah, he was in the league. There's no, dude. Imagine the call with, with when, when Eisenman gets that call. He's just like. What? <laughs>
1: you, put a, put you a, what? want what? Put Iserman in the Hall of Fame again today if he pulls off a re-return on Mark Stahl. He's not even going to rewind the tape. He's going to make the Rangers just eat that whole shit.
0: I don't understand.
1: Imagine imagine getting essentially two second-round picks for Mark Stahl. The second-round pick the Rangers had to trade to get him off their books, and then the second-round pick they're going to trade again to get him back. Two for Mark Stahl. There's no- I would – Love it, Ryan. I would love it so much. We live in that. If we live in
0: that world, uh, oh my. The, the content would be tremendous. But the. Oh my God. The, I just think about.
1: The, the rage I would have. I know. we. It would be a BSB emergency episode of all time. It would be. We, be I think gotten, I'd be untethered. It, I, it, this isn't against Mark Stahl. Like, I have nothing against be, Mark If you would be untethered, I'd just be cackling the entire time. I'd be. I'd be unable to get a word out of my mouth because it would just be so fucking funny. But also can we talk for a second about the Rangers being unwilling to put anybody in the lineup over Patrick Nemeth because he's their backup penalty kill defenseman. That just doesn't sit. Well, Greg, he's had four good amount. practices. Okay. He's, I don't he know if he's going to play, play, but he's got, I don't work at
0: good practices.
1: I, speaking of things I'm not going to speculate on, I got no fucking idea what's going on with Patrick Nemeth. I know it doesn't smell right, and that's all I know. And I, I, I'm not going to say anything more than that because I hope the guy's all right. Same. He's a person at the end of the day. That's all I want. I don't care if he's a good hockey player or not. It, it, it's a stupid podcast that we do where I can say stuff about people I don't know. But on a personal level, I just want Patrick Nemeth to be cool. And if he's cool, then I'll go back to talking about him perfectly fine. But that entire situation smells. And I don't stinks. understand why it's happening and what's going on and why we don't have any answers. If we don't need any answers, fine, great good. It's not our business. At the same time, smells. That's all I'm saying.
0: It stinks. Uh, it stinks on ice. I don't want to speculate either because that's what we're going to be doing the rest of this podcast. But I won't speculate about Nemeth. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Jones Schneider isn't a thing. I fully expect uh, Lieber Hayek to be in the lineup if Nemeth isn't, uh, even though it should be Jones Schneider. I know that Gallant, Gallant, Sorry. Uh, has expressed that he may try these things. But I'll, I'll be honest, like, the Gallant press conferences, he'll just say anything to get Vince to shut up.
1: Hey, just lied. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say he was who, – who, who was he rooting for? In the, he was rooting for the Bengals? I think so. That motherfucker had a cool grand on the Rams, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, good for Gallant. Know, he's just, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an he's an artist. I, I, I don't think anyone should take it as us being critical of Gallant when we say he's a world-class liar. To be able to do it as consistently as he's done it with no one calling his bullshit on press row, that's an art. I have nothing but respect for the king. That is incredible. But anytime he says a word, I don't expect it to come true. So I, I, I think with Quinn, I paid more attention to what he was saying to the press conferences because that man was so on face value that if he said it, it was Swagger. going to happen. David
0: Quinn, Olympic champion. I'm just kidding. He just won his group
1: he's fucking her brooks 2.0 it's great
0: oh I, I people are saying this is like the 1980s again
1: i know if there's any, cnn has never ever said anything incorrect so i'm sure that's true wow we are hitting like every we, yeah, podcast, we're, too, <laughs> we're just crushing media today <laughs> very fun very
0: fun Oh yeah. Um so uh congrats to David Quinn. Hopefully he goes on to good great things and has a coaching job at the NHL again and he can do swagger for another team. Um but anyway,
1: what's the package you would give the Red Wings for Vlad Mestikov and Mark Stahl? I think that's what we need to talk about. Bro, if uh,
0: I can't with you.
1: And I can't with that either. I just Okay, if you want do you want me what's the package we should give for Mark Andre Fleury? Uh
0: it's definitely Lieber Hayek and Georgiev. I mean I <laughs> mean
1: <laughs> that guy's great he was trained. i don't want to acknowledge was... it more than that I but that it. guy every now and then you just everybody needs a laugh and i think that's great hey, i was... got it. you know what shout out shout out lou the lou counter proposal of meth for <laughs> <Mets told> me. <laughs> fucking hit me hit me deep it really got me good i'm not gonna lie it
0: was a good one it really was uh what was i gonna say oh yeah he's uh, flurry's been traded for nothing before so it's totally fine That can happen again
1: i just i love how often flurry gets put in deals and everyone's just like, you know, Florida could just say fucking no. Yeah, he can at a certain time. He can. It's not like he's been amazing well, this year, by the way. Another thing we have to respect about Vegas is they traded to do without asking him his permission. When it says in his contract you have to ask for his permission, and they're like, no, you're fucking going. I don't give a fuck what you say. That's crazy. It's
0: absolutely crazy. Uh, Rangers in general, though, back back this week. Interesting, uh, an interesting lineup of games. They this is the week they have only two games, and then three games every single week till the end of the season. Uh again we're five we're, I can't believe how far away we are from the trade deadline. It feels like it should be now. It's just not at all. Uh and in this case I was going to say who gets traded first in this situation. <laughs> uh, let's 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 actually try let's play a, a, an elimination game cuz I think this is okay. this is kind of fun. Uh Thomas Hurdle, traded or no?
1: Thomas, I don't know. Thomas, Thomas, I'm sorry. Uh traded or no? Yeah, extended or not. I'm still I'm still leaning trade. I I just I think if there would have been there would have been an extension by now, right? I I understand that maybe their people are feeling I mean the Ryan Strom is not extended yet. Done. Yeah, but I don't think the Rangers feel the pressure of getting that deal done. Do you? They they should. I Means should they? Yeah, Ryan Strom a pivotal part of this team. Like seriously. I know, but I I don't know. I think I think Strom more than Hurdle, it's the case of a dude clearly wants to be here. The Rangers aren't worried about it. Like there's no scenario in which the Rangers are trading Ryan Strom. None. Zero. They're not going to fall that far out of the race in the next three and a half weeks to make that happen. So it's going to, like with Hurdle, Part the Sharks are weighing, are, are we in a firm enough place in the playoff picture to keep him and risk not signing him? Or do we trade him prematurely and rob our fans of a possible playoff push with this player. Like the sharks, you have to remember that part of the sharks negotiating power, when it comes to what they will and won't do with hurdle comes down to fan perception. They're a team that has to worry about that because it, it, the NHL for whatever reason is a league that is built on gate receipts. And not every team is like MSG where you can charge $400 a night for every seat when the fucking Sabres are in town. So The Sharks can't just say we're going to sell hurdle prematurely because they're in the playoff picture. They owe it to their fans. They want to keep drawing people and they know if they don't have hurdle, they don't have a shot in hell. So I, do I think it's, do I think the Sharks have a better shot at signing hurdle today than they did two months ago? I don't think so, but I think the Sharks are understanding that they have to make more of an effort because their team is better than they thought it would be at this point. Joe Pavelski. Uh, I think he's traded uh, because I just I don't have confidence in the stars competing in the West.
0: I don't think he goes to the Rangers. I think there's going to be a, I think he's going to be the number one bidding war. If I'm being straightforward, I, I, I think the price will get too high for Drury, and then he'll, I think he will get out of it.
1: I think it's a two man race for who goes to Colorado for the uh, Ray Bork Memorial Trophy. Is it going to be Giroux? Or is it going to be Pavelski? And I think they both want to go there. And only one of them is going to get to go there, and they're going to have to decide which one it is. It's
0: probably going to be Giroux. That's my guess.
1: I think Giroux is an easier. It's an easier trade to make work. Big
0: time. I, I think. I think the Bruins and other teams will will somehow sniff around Pavelski and be disgusting. Uh. All right. Uh. Her, I mean, he, Chikrin. Obviously, he's probably getting traded this deadline, but he can get traded in the summer as well. Uh. Other popular wings we could talk about. Lekkonen, I mean, obviously, probably getting traded. Uh,
1: any other names? I don't. I don't know about Lekinen because again, I think he too can just be a guy that's moved in the off season. He's in, he was restricted free agency, and a team could acquire him and try to negotiate their own contract. I Lekinen is one of those players I like, and is one of those players I wish the Rangers had just gotten previously instead of committing as many other spots on this roster to players they thought could be Arturi Lekanen. But I, at the same time, I think last summer the Canadians weren't necessarily in the mood to trade Lekkinen. Why would they have been? They were just in the Stanley Cup final. But you know, I I don't think you don't trade for Lekkinen when you have five more years of Barclay Goodrow. It's just even if I think Lekkinen's a better player, I just need to use my roster spots more efficiently. All right, do you want to do some five star questions? Do I want to? I think we should. I think we should. We, we have an obligation to do that. That's true. true. Uh, this is from
0: David. Maybe it wasn't the best idea to have elite sniper Tanner Glass in charge of player development.
1: Um, I, think, uh, I, I mean, it's Jed Ortmeier, but I'm not going to ever say a bad word about Jed because I have his jersey. He's a cool catch guy. Me saying he follows
0: me on Twitter. Anything bad about Tanner Glass. Uh, my dream interview
1: on this podcast. Uh, this is. It's from... interesting, though. I, I'll say that I, I want to talk about it from this regard because— I've often thought of this, and my dad is often, we've had these conversations about it from a baseball perspective, where, like, why is Jeremy Hefner a great pitching coach but Greg Maddox isn't, right? And sometimes in other sports, it's the players who weren't necessarily as good or, like, didn't have the physical abilities to do things other players can do have a better way of explaining the game, right? So that's why, like, Mike Maddox – is considered a great pitching coach. Greg Maddox is just a great pitcher. And why Pedro Martinez, no team has ever sniffed around Pedro Martinez because how does Pedro explain to other people what it is that Pedro does? He can't really do it. I just strike guys and out yet, on accident. Thanks, Pedro. Well, uh, yeah, he just has freakishly long fingers. That's like when that Wayne Gretzky was a coach. Movement.
0: It's like, hey, hey, Wayne, what should I do? Yeah, here? you can't, I don't know, score. Yeah, you, can't,
1: <laughs> you can't relate. So it's it's not as it's not as simple as just like make i know uh, Yager's not the right example because that maniac is still playing hockey but like Marion Gabric might not be the world's best coach because that guy was given god-gifted ability that you just can't teach other players so the mindset is you take the rough and rugged players the like the backup catchers in baseball and these gritty players in hockey and they have a way of explaining the game because they got the most out of their physical abilities to become NHLers. Tanner Glass wasn't gifted what Yamir Yager was gifted. He had to quote unquote, work harder at it. And that's the idea of getting guys like that in all sports in player development, like Steve Kerr, isn't an NBA hall of famer, but he's an NBA hall of fame coach because that dude had a specific skill set that he's able to see the game a different way than Michael Jordan. Right. Michael Jordan, horrific owner, Steve Kerr, amazing coach. Not how their playing careers went, but I just, for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe it's not, maybe that's not how hockey should run. Or maybe the problem with other sports is Kerr's excellence is understanding what made Michael great and explaining it to the average player and getting them to play like that, where maybe Tanner Glass and Jed Ortmeier, just like how they played hockey and they just want people to play hockey like them. I don't know. It's possible.
0: Uh, PJ Smith asked, well, we have baseball this year. Yes. In July uh this next question is from what, what do
1: you think ha- do you think a, a cba is signed before the nhl trade deadline no 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 way no chance i think i i just i guess it's blind optimism i just think it happens no way sorry <laughs> i don't believe it at all
0: uh this is from taximus uh is Chickering going to get a better return than Rista probably
1: not i mean i hope so uh, he should what was What was the ris- – uh, think- well, that, it's loaded because those flyer picks turned out to be pee-pee-poo-poo yep. in, in terms of, like, those picks are great for the Sabres because the flyers are pee-pee-poo-poo. Whereas whoever is going to give up picks to the Coyotes, those picks will actually be garbage and not be good. Like, the Sabres are going to have two top ten picks this year, and mm. it's because of fucking Rasmus and Ristalina. That's good. Which is nuts. Speaking of the Sabres, I- our friend Randy asks,
0: uh, what, would you, what do you think about trading for Victor Olsen? He can score the puck, plays both wings, and on his expiring deal, still has RFA years, and is at 26. Buffalo should have no reason to keep him. I'll tell you what I think about that, Randy. I think Buffalo hates the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> For a couple yeah. reasons, but. Uh, and as much as I'll the, say true, this,
1: maybe we should put up another billboard.
0: That's, right. a, that's a good target, Randy, but guess what? Uh, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Jack Rogan says Which player would you take out of the lineup to play Morgan Barron? This is assuming Kapko comes back. He's not. I personally have no idea who would come. Uh, who you take out? I have a good idea.
1: It's Greg McKeag. Yeah, uh, it's hard to think of a better idea. I guess is the question. But again, Gallant likes his guys. He trusts McKeag on the penalty kill, despite McKeag being below average at it. But Gallant has a different opinion than we do, and he's all knowing. So McKeag is going to remain in this lineup. Till so the cows come home. It it just it remains, it does remain pretty weird to me, where like, we've had these discussions about Leah Anderson versus Brett Howden, or Vitaly Kravtsov versus anybody, or Julian Gouche versus blah blah blah, but Morgan Barron is literally like the 200 hockey men wet dream of a late round pick who has outperformed all his metrics, who wins faceoffs, who plays a hard gritty style of the game and feels like the guy every team would bend over backwards to get into their lineup. And on a team where he should be in the lineup for all the reasons that we just mentioned, can't actually get into the lineup. It is crazy. It's weird. It's crazy. It's really weird. I wish I could explain it. I don't I don't
0: know. I don't understand especially how... with the bottom six the Rangers have right now. It's very strange that Barron can't can't play because he's been good
1: it's just it's like greg mcag had even less expectation than morgan like mcag was an afterthought signing the rangers did just to have depth in hartford and now he's a guy that can't come out of the lineup for morgan i understood starting the season with morgan barrett in hartford you want to make sure that guy was playing top six minutes playing as many minutes as possible getting his game to where you need it where in case something like this happened you're ready to go
0: We have to transition now to our dear friend, Guy. We'll be right back. Trans, transition. Hey, we're back with Guy Ademi. He's from C- CNBC Fast Money, a big Ranger fan. Guy, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Huge Ranger fan. Lifelong Ranger fan. Die in the frickin' wall, Ranger fan. It's a joy to be with you guys. What's
0: it like suffering over all these years? And is this the time you finally buy in after the Henrik Lundqvist era yet again?
2: I bought in for sure. Listen, obviously that Kings final, I thought the Rangers were the better team. Yeah, I am buying in. And what's it like to be a long-suffering Ranger fan? So I'm born in 1963. My earliest memories are probably the 71-72 season. My favorite Ranger still to this day is John Rattel. My worst memory as a Ranger fan is not the 79 final. It's actually the trade of Rattel, Brad Park, and the oft-mentioned Joe Zanussi. For Esposito and Carol Vadney, that was, to me was was the absolute low point. But I think this team, I like this team. And I don't think they're more than two players away from getting to the finals.
1: I'm with you. That, so, that's, guy, let, go on, Greg. Wh- hold on, Ryan. I, w- I want to jump in, Guy, because I want to ask a question that Ryan and I can't answer since we were, we were five in 1994. How long until that wears off or has it already worn off? Are you tired of the windless drought at the rangers yeah
2: so they obviously mortgaged the future for that season and so it's 1994 i'm working at a place called aig they had bought our firm from drexel burnham during the bankruptcy my boss was a huge hockey fan and he gave me and a guy on the desk tickets to game five at the guard now if you i know you guys remember this the rangers we up 3-1 at the time. Uh, I was convinced that they were going to win the finals at home in Game 5. And that game against Vancouver, they're down 3-zip. By the way, the national anthem that night, I've never heard anything like it. You could not hear the anthem. The place was electric. They got down 3-zip. But if you do recall, you were 5, but I know you guys have gone back and looked. The Rangers actually tied that game at 3, and the place went batshit crazy. And then I think about a minute 10 later, I think it was Bore or somebody scored. And I think they went, the Vancouver went on to win that game 5-3. They win the game in Vancouver. We come back and obviously win it in seven. But will anything ever be like that again? I, I will say that guy that held up, now I can die in peace, I knew exactly what he meant. And I feel that way to an extent. But, you know, I'm only 58 years old. I'd love to see them get to the promised land again.
0: Got there so close with Henrik Lundqvist, Igor Shosturkin. This tweet has been made six thousand times. How lucky are the Rangers to go from Henrik to Igor Shosturkin? We will yet we'll to see the results of that, but so far so good. Uh, did you expect Igor to be this good? And how blessed really are we?
2: I didn't know all that much. I only knew what I read, but watching him play, he's at another level. And how blessed! Thinking about, I mean, think about his Ranger fans, you go from you know you go from Richter to a certain extent to Henrik to this guy with really out missing a beat. I mean, we are blessed in terms of just guys in the pipes. And I think I'll put him up against anybody in the league and he's still young enough where he could go another 10 years at this type of level play, I think, unless I'm totally missing something. So I love what the Rangers have in the net. And obviously it makes the guys in front of them that much better. I will tell you, I know we'll talk about this. Not that I watched Winnipeg Jet hockey all that much, but I can't believe Truba has ever played better. And to a large extent, I think that's a function of knowing who he's got in the pipes, having a lot of confidence in Ke'Andre Miller's partner. And I think he's sort of settled in here. So, again, we are blessed, definitely. But not just in net. I mean, all across the rink right now, I think we're blessed.
1: Well, not to make this a Remember Some Guys podcast, but what, if, you, if you allow one more, at what point are the Brian Leach comparisons for Adam Fox not outlandish? Do we ever get to that point?
2: He's better than Leach. I hate Woo! to say it. No, listen, and you guys know that I'm right. I, I do. I mean, he's better than Leach, and I know that's blasphemy, and obviously, look, Leach, is, his, his numbers in the Raptors deservedly so, but I just think he's i just think he's a little bit better. I think he plays a little bit more. I think he plays a smarter game, believe it or not. I know, again, it's crazy, but he does things on the ice. He sees the ice better than anybody at that position that I've witnessed in, in a very long time. I mean, I'm not going to compare him to Bobby Orr because that's just stupid, but I'll put him up against Leach, and I just think he's a better hockey player.
0: I, I, I'm I agreeing with you. I, I know it's blasphemy, but it's like right away, it's like Adam Fox is just winning Norris right He's incredible. He sees everything. He makes plays. He makes everything look so easy comparatively to everyone else on the ice, and that's just how you know greatness is there because – it looks so easy for him. The game comes naturally. He makes guys look like fools by little shoulder shakes.
2: And- you watch the plays that he makes. And then, by the way, I think I think Steve Aliquette is probably breaks down hockey as well as anybody I've ever seen. And That's- the stuff he does between periods to show you exactly the things we're talking about now, I think that illustrates exactly what's going on. I mean, Fox is playing chess out there and most guys are playing checkers. And I'll say this, and you're going to think I'm really out of my mind, but... I think Connor McDavid is the best hockey player ever. Full stop. Ever and you can yes, <laughs> ever. Now we can have the conversation, and you're going to throw Gretzky at me. I know all that and Gordie Howe, and I know the names you're going to come at me with. But Connor McDavid, you think about the level of play in the NHL right now? It's ridiculous what these guys do. And he makes people on the ice routinely look stupid. I mean, just go back to that goal he scored against the Rangers this year, and he seems to do it on a night out, night out, night in, night out basis. He is a freak um, on the hockey rink. So yes, I think Connor McDavid is the best hockey player to ever
1: lace him up. See, I feel that way yeah, about but at, Mike Trout. At, at, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I don't think McDavid could ever do what Benoit Pouliot did on the third line for the Rangers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done it. Listen,
2: I think the Rangers have done a great job. They're not top heavy. I, they'll go four deep in terms of lines. Um, I'm not sold on on Dryden Hunt at all, but I, I, really, I do really like the team they put together. Like in 94, the Rangers were a Steve Larmer away from winning that cup. And I know, obviously, they got a couple other guys. Noonan was a big part of that team. And obviously, Matteo. But that Larmer trade, to me, was what put him over the top. And there's a Steve Larmer out there right now just begging to be brought over. I just hope they don't mortgage a future to get him.
0: I have a feeling Chris Drury is not going to do that. I I think he's looking for something that's more long-term, something that we've talked about pretty often on this show where – He's trying. The rentals really aren't going to be an option unless it's like Phil Kessel for like a third.
2: I don't. I don't, think I don't she, want Kessel. Why, why are you not Kessel? In, no, I'm not. I there's something about. I don't think it's the hot dogs. Listen, I've never met the guy. I just my sense is he will not fit into this locker room. I I think so much of this team is predicated on the chemistry, both on and off the ice, and I just get the sense is Kessel's not one of those guys.
1: I just, he loves his hot dog. And what city has more availability of high-class hot dog than New York? No, it's I think, fair. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a point that goes underreported. But let me, let me ask you this then, Guy. Of the, of the names floating around, is there a guy that jumps out at you that is someone that fits the locker room and what the Rangers need currently?
2: I think if they can get Hurdle, I think. But you guys have written about it. You don't think that's going to happen. Um, I just so think I don't, the extension's you know,
0: going to happen for Hurdle. The, the rumors for San Jose is that the extension's coming. He wants to stay. And he has a, no, a minor no-movement clause as well, so he can only choose three teams to go to.
2: So who, let's play the – I mean, you guys know the names better than me. You throw them out, and I'll tell you if I think that person is a viable option. Whew,
0: we would love Pavelski. I think that's, like, our number one target.
2: Uh, now, now, see, I think he'd be a no-brainer, but is he, does he want to move at this point?
1: He's an unrestricted free agent after the year. Um dallas is going nowhere anywhere fast i guess the only question is does he want to stay in dallas long like i mean he's 38 so long term for him might only be two or three more years but you know he's the captain of a team does the does he want to drop the C to go somewhere else to try to win a cup i i I don't have that answer and what do you have to give up to
2: get him i mean can you get away with I mean, you guys know this better than I do. I mean, is it a is it a Lundqvist and a pick, or is it not too much to get him?
1: So like, I, I think I think for Pavelski, you'd have to put a first in there just because everybody's going to want him. There isn't a contender that doesn't want Pavelski, so you're you're outbidding other teams to do it. Um, I don't. the The problem is the Stars might be the one team that really don't have an interest in a high upside defenseman in return. It might not be their cup of tea. They already have Heskin in. They have, I mean, they're going to try to replace Klingberg internally, and they think they already got the guys to do it. I just, I don't know. I think Pavelski, it's hard to read his market because, like Giroux, he's going to decide where he wants to go, and the team's going to accommodate him however they Like, we love Giroux as
0: well, but there's no way the Flyers would ever work with the Rangers on that.
2: A couple years ago, um, I met a couple guys in the league, and I asked them, this is probably four or five years ago, and I asked them, who did they think, the best player in the NHL was. And a couple guys said it was Claude Giroux. And I was actually shocked, but people love his game. And I've obviously, you know, I've come around to it as well. I think he brings a lot. I think the Rangers could figure out a way to get him. And again, I don't know if he has a no trade or what his situation is, but I think he would fit in really well.
1: Giroux, Giroux just always haunts me because he was just such the obvious player to pick. And the Rangers just took Bobby Sanguinetti instead for. Is World that Junior right? Classic See, that, yeah.
2: that's, I didn't know that.
1: Drew, Drew went one pick after the Rangers took Sanguinetti. It's
2: a bad season. The, the, I will tell you, until recently, and I would say recently, the last few years, I think they've drafted really well. They were just a disaster in terms of the draft. I mean, you guys, you, I'm sure you rattle it off on your podcast all the time. <laughs> we did. There's some swing and misses over the years that have been just epic. Uh,
0: Leah Anderson's on that on that list. They they I were... mean, I
1: I'll go to I'll just go to my grave saying the Rangers win the cup if they just took Cam Fowler <laughs> over Dylan McIlrath. They'll just that. You know what's that, funny that about McIlrath? Like
2: I loved him because I'm sort of a you know at my heart I, I still love the days of Ed Hospital and Joe Koser and you know I can rattle off. And, and Dylan McElrath sort of reminded me of those guys, you know, guy that was going to throttle you. But in this league, you've got to be able to skate. And if you can't skate, you can't play. And, and that's can the skate. difference. That's, that's-, what, that's, the, that's the difference in the league now.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Macaroth couldn't skate, and uh, Greg, you make a great point there with Fowler, and it probably does make the difference. Uh, but the Rangers have had a terrible draft luck for many years. We've talked about this forever. I mean, you're even seeing it now with Kapokako and Lafreniere, who, who we are very positive on. I want to be super clear: we think they'll still become great players, and. Uh, I think Lafreniere will still be a star. Cockle will still be a top-six guy. But the development for the Rangers in general has been lackluster. I mean, you look at Kravtsov, you look at Elias Anderson, you look at some of these other players, and they just don't develop into the players you think they're going to be. Or they get traded and they get sent out, or they request out of here. So it's just been a nightmare developmental-wise for the Rangers for many years.
2: What's interesting, I watch a guy like Hughes play, and he seems to play at a different speed than... I think Lafreniere is going to be a stud as well, don't get me wrong. But he just, he seems to be like a step and a half slower than a Hughes. And I just wonder if that's a development thing or is that's just, it is what it is. Kako's the same way. You know, you watch these guys, you, you watch their highlight films and, and you say, oh my God, they're going to be instant stars. And I do think they're going to figure it out. I mean, it took Doug Waite a long time to figure it out, but he turned into a great player. And I know Doug Waite, you know, that's going back. But you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes, mm-hmm. It takes guys longer than others. But I just watch them both, and I'm like, jeez, they're just, they're just missing something. And maybe they're both just tentative. Uh, I can't figure it out. There are nights when LaFreniere looks like the best player on the ice, and there are other nights where you, he's invisible. And it reminds me, you know, Kreider, in his early years, I mean, there were nights that he was Eric Lindros, without question. And then there'd be two or three games where – you have to look to see if he was dressed for the game. Like, he was just invisible.
0: You don't have to go back that far to find that for Chris Kreider, I promise. It's like two years ago. And now now he is just as as hot as hot can be in the NHL. And if he keeps this going, uh, who knows? He might actually win the
2: goal-scoring title. We'll see. Okay. Wait, when was the last Ranger to do that? I, was it was it Yaga or Graves? Was I don't the, even know. I think...
1: I don't even – I, no, I they think, did, shockingly, they, Yager didn't it win it It
2: wasn't Yager.
0: Yet. They did this as an MSG trivia. It was like someone in 1968 or earlier. I'll have to check. Um, I don't have the, the facts here. But it's been a long, long time.
1: Uh, but, Guy, I'm happy you brought up the name Doug Waite because, surprisingly, Doug Waite is one of my favorite what-if ranger questions. Mm-hmm. I know he's in the Messier trade. I know you. Nobody, nobody will ever go back and say they they don't want to do the Messier trade. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is if you do Amante instead of Doug Waite, and it's Amante who goes to the Oilers instead of Waite, then you have Messier and Waite. I honestly it to me it's a bigger what if than if the Rangers simply don't trade Zubov. I understand everybody hates the Zubov trade, but I'm just a Doug Waite homer for whatever reason. And I just think you you, you could have built your own Messier, is yeah. all I'm saying. And yeah. they didn't. And I, it, I, it I, me I up a wall. It-
2: and and listen, I understand what happened there, and Amante was part of that season as well. And I th- he went in the Larmour trade, I think, if I'm not mistaken. To Chicago. He, it was but, the Chicago,
1: it was the Met, was it Larmour and Mato? I know that uh, Mato's the big piece in my eyes because it you was know, he L- it was
2: Noonan was, was part. I, I mean, I don't, I, I got to go back and look, but your point is well taken. And they did. They if you think about that team, I mean, they mortgaged. Did they really need Glenn Anderson on that team? I, you know, I'm not sure, but they gave away a lot that year. And listen. They won the Stanley Cup. It's hard to argue that. I mean, the Rams won the Super Bowl with Stafford, and they basically mortgaged their future as well. It's going to be interesting in a few years to see where the Rams are. And you saw how quickly the Rangers went from a Stanley Cup winner to mediocrity again. I, I think they're doing it right now, but I, I do like that. What if? You know, what if you kept Wait? Um, you know, moved to Monte as part of that deal? Didn't get alarmer, and I don't know. I don't know what it would have looked like, but I always loved Doug Waite's game, and I was I was always wondering what he'd look like if he spent the rest of his career in a Ranger jersey. Not unlike, by the way, you know, you really want to go back. The Rangers traded Rick Middleton for Ken Hodge, which was they'd have to they'd be an investigation now if they tried to do a trade like that. And that was at the bequest of you know Phil Esposito, who wanted his old line mate back, but think about what Middleton did for the Bruins for years and Ken Hodge did literally nothing. And that was <laughs> the beginning of a lot of moves like that where aged players past their prime, the Rangers found a way. And you know, you start with him, but you can I'll go Marcel Dion, I'll go Luke Robitaille, I'll go even a Geila LaFleur. I mean, you can rattle off the names.
1: We uh, during the height of the pandemic when no sports were happening, we actually did a rewatch of the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals in 94. I got to tell you, if Twitter existed in 1994, a lot of people would have a lot of things to say about Glenn Anderson. That's true. That dude, <laughs> that dude was butt. There's no other way to describe it. He was actively bad every night. It was incredible.
2: It was incredible. And I that, I don't remember what the piece was to bring him in. But look, they wanted they wanted that heavy oiler guys that had been there before and who knows what he was doing in the. locker? I mean I can't speak to what he was doing in the locker room but he wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot on the ice that's for
1: sure I think, but I think it was Gartner that went in the Anderson deal but I'm looking it up right now
2: you know it's funny I was it I went to a Georgetown basketball game over the weekend I hadn't been in a long time and I looked up in the rafters and Mike Gartner deservedly has his number retired by the caps and I don't think people realize what a great hockey player he was um, he was—he really was a solid Ranger for a number of years, for sure. And I guess he just didn't fit into the scheme of that team. And you think about all the guys that played with Messier, and then subsequently got moved on. Like if you watch like the '92-'93 season, it's interesting—the guys that sort of came and went around him until they built a team that, that was again built to win. Um, it's just—it's just really interesting. Then guys like Dougie Lidster and guys that you never really think of they played critically you need role players i guess is the point and they they came up with the right ones for that one season at least
0: well let's talk about that because a couple a couple minutes ago you said if the Rangers made a trade like that now, there'd be an investigation. And I think that trade you're talking about is the Pavel Buchnevich trade. So what was your reaction to that when that <laughs> happened? Because I, we did launch an investigation and I, I do believe I know what happened at this point, but the trade to me is, is a crime. Yes. I, I don't
2: know. I, I don't know why they gave up on it. You guys obviously did the work. I have no idea. I love the guy and I watched him play and you're saying, here's a guy. Right before your very eyes, it's developing into something special. And special, big guy, can skate. I thought he had great hands. He's starting to figure out how to play in the NHL. Just as he's coming into his own, you know, the Rangers move him. And I don't think it was a cap thing, unless you guys can tell me differently. This he is just my didn't theory. didn't make any
1: sense. This is my yeah, theory. They, they, they thought the Eichel trade was done, and they needed the cap. That's space. my theory, that's what yes. they thought. That's Uh-oh. what they thought it was. They, they thought it a, was
0: done and, and done-zoed. They, they called St. Louis. They were like, hey, we need to get this guy off of our books. He needs a new contract. They were like, we want Sammy Blay. He's a good role-player grit guy in, in this second. Doug Armstrong was like, uh, what? So it was like, yeah, I guess. And then Butch got there, and he was like, well, we did not really want you. So here's our contract offer, 4, $5.8 million over four years. Butch was like, I guess I have to sign this. And now it's one of the best contracts in the league. So there you go.
2: It's it's If that's the case, now that starts to make sense. I guess if they thought Eichel was coming here, it's going to be interesting because I think Eichel is playing Wednesday this week or next week, right? This
0: Wednesday versus the Colorado Avalanche, he'll be playing and making his debut.
2: Now, you know what's—I I, again, you watch the highlights of Eichel. I mean, clearly, he's another one of these just unique talents. But does he? Does he? Would he have fit in here? Because he seems to be a bit of a head case from what I could I think, tell. See, I mean, I McDavid does, does everything right.
1: Like that's yeah, I think. I think you'd be a head case, too, in Buffalo. Let's be honest. Pretty fucking miserable (laughs) there. That's fair. Well, you'd be a head
0: case if someone was like, hey, you want to fix your body the way you want? Actually, no. That's how you'd be a head case. There's no way. He he, he just wanted to get the surgery he wanted. That was it.
2: Yeah. No, I guess the press, look, again, I guess the press can do what they can do with these guys. Again, having never met him, but he was the second guy picked in that draft, if I recall. That's correct. McDavid McDavid first, yes. So... I mean, They're again, also, just, a, just a unique talent. And if he's
1: healthy, woof, he's, what, how is he, 26 20? years old? No, he's
0: 24. He's going to be a 24 nightmare. 24 years old. Yeah.
1: That's why yeah, the Rangers won. Before, before the next stuff, I think the thing we have to remember is they fired a coach he liked for a guy who was in European soccer. So at some point, you're kind of pissing the guy off, I think. <laughs> uh, but, yes, yeah, so the
0: Rangers believe they had it done. And then when they didn't have it done, that's when they extended me Mika Sabinajat, et cetera.
1: Uh, guy, I have an important question for you because you're now the official finance guy of Blue Shirts Breakaway. <laughs> I love nice. it. Is is what Vegas is doing to fit Jack Eichel under the salary cap? Do you call it cheating or creative mathematics? Creative. I mean, think about didn't who did didn't th- who
2: did similar? Na- ca- ta- Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, right? Yes. I mean, Tampa so. Bay just would work magic around. It. Listen, if it's within the confines yes. of the rules and you can figure it out, good for them. I mean, absolutely. If you can game the system and it's not, you're not breaking any rules, I think, I think all's fair in this era of salary cap. I mean, I wish the Rangers would times were a bit more creative. But if, they're fig- if they figured it out and they can get him and they don't have to move anybody, I guess Riley is the guy that is – that, is that right? That's the guy that might be on the move, but you guys well, they're, probably they're think just,
1: differently. They're benching Stone until the playoffs, essentially. Is that what they're? Is
2: that what they're doing? That's going to be their plan. I and are they calling it an injury?
0: Yeah. So he's been. uh, They've kind of been planning this, as you can kind of see through the media for the last couple weeks. This is all speculation, of course, allegedly, etc. Um so, right. oh, fuck
1: fuck that, Ryan. This is the fucking truth. Okay, so right.
0: the for the last couple of weeks there's been like uh rumors and whispers about Max Mark Stone's uh back injuries. He's dealing with his back issue. And then today they came out and were like, actually, we don't know when he's gonna come back. Could be a long timeline, have no idea. It's definitely the first game of the playoffs. So there you
2: go. Wow. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then the NHL is gonna have to figure you know, that loophole that's been created. What? They're gonna have to close but that. But guy, interval, they knew that, about it last year. Kucherov cool. did it,
0: guy. He yeah. did it. All
2: right. I, I, I get so pissed I know. off about this shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, how do you, how did you feel about McDonough winning a cup there? I thought it was Look great. Him,
0: man. Like uh, I like Ryan McDonough a lot. I mean, you said at the beginning of the podcast, I had people come at me last year that McDonough was better than than Fox. Uh, Fox smokes McDonough six ways to Sunday. Uh, I like Ryan McDonough a lot. I'm so happy he won. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy Kevin Shattenkirk won. I mean. I that's a guy that the Rangers screwed over at big time after he finally took a discount and did the whole thing. Uh, so good for them, man. Uh, it's, it's great when former Rangers can go and win somewhere else. I'm just happy. Uh, I'm miserable that Hank never got his with us or anybody else as well.
2: I am. I'm happy for you. Right. I mean, in the Shattenkirk thing, they wanted him, wanted him. He wanted to be here. He was clearly hurt. I think that year he was not playing well. I think he finally got healthy but they said, you know, we've had enough of you. They they gave up on him way too early, I think. But but with that said, I mean, the defensemen that they're skating out there now, I think I think Fox and Linwin play together for twelve years. And by the way, I think you guys would say this as well. I think Lindgren is a total stud. I absolutely love that kid.
0: We love Lindgren, but we would trade him for Jacob Chikrin, which is like, wow, which is like, I think sacrilegious. no, why? (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, let me, let me ask, let me ask you this guy. I mean, uh, uh, since we brought up McDonough, essentially the reason McDonough left is because the Rangers thought that's a guy that's not going to age gracefully and we're entering a rebuild. Do you think Ryan Lindgren, the way he plays, the amount of times he gets banged up, you think that's a guy who ages gracefully? Yeah, that's a, that's. I think that's a good point. Um, you hope that he starts to play a little
2: smarter, obviously. I mean, I, I don't know if smarter is a word, but learns to ratchet it down a little bit. But right, You're right, the way he plays now, you wonder what his um, – you, want, you wonder what the lifespan on the ice like is for him. I, I Girardi, totally get you know? that. Same but... thing. Like,
0: Dane Girardi, awesome when he's younger. Same thing with Mark Stahl. And then they hit that second contract, and they've just had so many miles and bangs and, and bruises on their body. Like, Ryan Lindgren, until he's 28, 29, is going to be awesome. I I want no part of Ryan Lingwin when he's thirty plus, plus and that's just nothing that's against Ryan Ling, Ryan Lindgren. It's just the style of game he plays. Now he went to a skating coach; he changed the way he skated. He became a great NHL defenseman. I love the guy, no no doubt about it. But when you talk about like elite skills uh, in the NHL that can translate for a long time, Chickering's kind of that guy.
2: Uh, yeah, so. that's fair. Now listen, I I it's hard for me to argue with that. I think I just have I just love the way the guy plays, we so it'd him. be hard for me to give up on. That would be a hard trade for me. Now, I'll say this. I, I'm. This is You guys are going to hate me for this. I love Keandre Miller, and I think he's got mad skills. That's a guy I would consider moving because at some point you're going to have to pay him. What are your thoughts on that? So the thing with Miller is
0: his skating is, like, unbelievable. And people can't skate the way Keandre can. And I don't think he gets enough credit, depending on, like, who you talk to, for – he, he's been on the second line since he got here, man, 20 minutes yep. a night. Plus has never really been exposed except for a couple games here and there this season. He's played with Jacob Truba. I, I think they, they've shopped him a little bit in the summer, very briefly. Like they floated his name, but to have, if, if Keandre gets moved down to your third pairing, if you bring in a left-handed defenseman to play in front of him, like Keandre is a perfect third pairing defenseman. If you're going to have to pay him, like, I don't know what the good contract for Keandre is. What do you think, right? Like a four point, a four million dollar, five year, three year contract. Well,
1: w- w- before before getting into the contract, I think I don't know if it's just because time has moved slower in the last two years. It feels like Keandre Miller has been here forever, right? But that dude should the sh- dude should be playing his senior season at Wisconsin right now. I remember what I was like my senior year in college, where <laughs> I thought I knew everything, and it turned out I knew fucking nothing. So I I just I think we just lose sometimes the forest through the trees with Keandre and we think that this guy who again has been playing nothing but second pair minutes since the day he got here has been playing penalty kill minutes since the day he got here who has not been sheltered who has been paired with Jacob truva and getting some of the most important minutes the Rangers have defensively from day one I think I just I think we've been grading for some reason on a curve with other guys and we don't do it with Keandre and I think I think the fan base has been unfair. I'll, I'll no, say that. Much.
2: look, I think he's. I think he's a unique talent. I mean, you've seen a couple times this year where he goes, he goes end to end, and he looks like the next coming of any great defenseman you've ever seen. I mean, he he, he has mad skating skills for sure. I think he feels as if I, I don't know. I it like he lacks confidence. I think in his offensive game. I think that will really? come, but I think that comes for a lot of young defensemen over time. And I'm not looking to move him at all. I guess. You know, I, I, my point is, if you have to start choosing which defenseman to move, is he on the list? Because I will say that Schneider, who when they drafted him, I was thrilled. Yeah. He's another one that's just going to be a total. Now, you're going to say the same thing about Schneider. I think that you say about Lindgren, that his game, the way he plays, is he the longevity issue? I don't know, but I think the kid can skate. He plays with an edge, and he's playing – you know, he's played nine games in the NHL. I mean, he feels like he's been here for five years already.
0: He's 19, well, too, uh, which is a really uh, – you don't get that young at defenseman at uh, the NHL level. Sorry, Greg.
1: But I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you, Guy. I think you've almost essentially answered your own question. It's a lot easier to find guys who play the way they the, – the, who play the way Lindgren and Schneider do and play it well than it is to find a Keandre Miller who has Fair. talent and capabilities and neither of those guys have. That's All we true. need to do is figure it out with Keon.
0: Yeah, neither of them can skate like Keandre can, and they don't have the reach, the length, like the the poke checking, and and that's nothing against them. Like they're tremendous players. I love Ryan Lindgren. I think Schneider's going to be good. We hated the Schneider pick. To be honest with you, you um, did. Wow. We did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mostly because well, we I mean,
1: had- well, just think of it at think of it at the time. At the time before Tony said what he said to Alexander Gueorgiev, and got popped in the mouth. The New York Rangers had a right-handed defensive lineup yeah. of
2: yeah. Um,
1: Fox, Truba. D'Angelo and Lundquist and you were going to draft another right-handed defenseman with a first round pick. I I think at the time, listen, if he was the best player available, we're big best player available guys, no matter what. But at the time there seemed to have been more forwards on the board who rated more highly than Schneider. And it rubbed us wrong that the Rangers didn't necessarily do that to go get at the time, what looked like the fifth most important right-handed defenseman in the system. And so now, who is so if there's one guy out there that is coveted by teams that you have to give a King's
2: ransom to, which by the way is I know you guys know this, the Rangers are probably in a position to do. Who's that guy?
1: Matthew Kachuk. And he's what is he's in his early twenties, right? Yeah, he's he's a baby. I think he's somehow only twenty three. I don't know how that happened or anything. I
0: don't think that makes sense. I'm looking right now, but I think you're right. Uh, He's probably the guy that uh, we brought up to Larry Brooks when he came on the show. Uh, He's twenty four years old, Greg. Uh, We brought him up. Oh, I'm sorry. I was so we we brought. I'm just letting you know. Uh, We brought up to Larry Brooks when he came on the show over the summer last year and uh, Larry was like, No, definitely not, not him, and the next day wrote, Could the Rangers t- <laughs> target Matthew Kachuk?
1: He like, This is fun. Um, but yeah, hey, I was but for the record, I respect that hustle. <laughs> he that entire article, he just took the transcript of what we were talking about with him and he just rewrote it and got paid for it. It was amazing. That's good work yeah. in my eyes. I don't ever We love that Larry. is that is knowing your lane and knowing how to make the money. So I respect the hell out of that move. So
2: he's out there, but you don't think it happens. Um, what? So what are we missing? If So who is it the, who are the six guys on? I don't know what's going on with Nemeth. Not that it particularly matters because you're not winning or losing a cup based on how Patrick Nemeth plays. But there's clearly something there that I don't know about. But who are your six defensemen understanding that, you know, Watch my face, Libor is going to be your your Ooh, seventh guy, I would imagine.
1: Kayak the kayak. Um, yeah, I, think- I don't. First of all, I don't have to understand that. I can ask <laughs> questions about that until I die. Well, they loved makes- him when they
2: traded for him, right? Crazy. I mean, oh, so my God.
1: I just i i I've loved things that I shouldn't have loved, and I've overvalued in my life. I and at some understand. point in time, I came to my senses and said I was wrong. But I don't. I don't think I'm that mature. I can't be more mature than an NHL franchise. This is essentially what I'm trying to, to answer say, your
0: question. I think the Rangers th- can trade for a veteran defenseman, a Mark Giordano. Um, I don't think maybe they go for a Jacob Chikrin, who knows, but the answers are here right now. And it is, it is who you mentioned. It's Adam Fox Lindgren, and then it's Miller Truba. And then the answer on the bottom pair, as crazy as it is, as young as it is, is Jones Schneider.
2: Like Jones and Schneider. That, I agree. That's, that's six, and, and I will, and, and I will go, I will go to war with those guys for sure. I think, I don't think the problems on the, bl- on the blue line, I think it's up front. And then there's, You know who are we going to start to tweak? By the way, I do think that um, Heedle's going to be a stud in this league. I I think you know you see you you don't you don't you're not a fan. No, no, we like
0: Heedle. It's here's the thing. it, it's people I start to. I think going to be
1: great the second he leaves the organization.
0: Yeah, people start to overrate Heedle and his abilities because he has these flashes where he's like, "Oh my God, that's that's a guy who can really he can do that like like Keandre, but in a less consistent manner. Keandre is solid every single night, and, and Heedle flashes these these bouts of greatness and then just can't get this consistency together. I think the Rangers give up on him before he realizes his true talent, which is probably in the next two or three years.
2: And so who? So the lines are what they are at this point. I mean, I think you know who your top six guys are. What are I mean, because
1: I don't – well, unless I'm missing something. Is there a guy that's going to come in and slot in the top six?
2: Other
0: than I, I Kessel? <laughs> I,
1: think, I, think, I think it's clear. I've, we've been saying it all year that the Rangers are just one dude short. And that dude is someone you ideally play on the third line but can easily slide up to the second and first line in case of injuries on the right side, on the right wing. And I know you don't like Kessel, but if He's it's a guy. dude who, if it's a dude who's on a one-year deal, a dude who only the Rangers can afford, a dude who's not going to cost you a lot in trade, a dude who, by the way, puts pucks in nets, which he is does. something the New York Rangers can't do a at five-five for yes. whatever reason. I it's it it has always made sense in a way that I think boggles my mind that more people aren't on the bandwagon, and, and honestly, they're just we there's only so many names available. I mean, I I don't think we know any name that's available that you don't also know. It's like Artori Lekkinen doesn't do the things offensively. The Rangers need him to do hurdle might not get traded. Pavelski and Giroux are going to get to pick where they go. And they might simply pick not the Rangers. Tyler Toffoli already got traded. You're not going to trade for Brendan Gallagher and his seven year contract. You're not going to, the Canucks have decided they're, whatever the fuck with JT Miller. But if you're worried about <laughs> locker room chemistry, maybe don't bring in the guy the Rangers traded because of locker room chemistry. So it's just, at some point, you run out of names on the list, and the obvious name is a name that obviously, in my eyes, helps the Rangers. So I just, to me, the Rangers, when Kako's healthy and the way is playing on the top line, you have your top six, for the most part, settled. But Kako's not healthy, and Barclay Goodrow hasn't been the guy playing – Artemi Panarin hasn't been himself, and I think the biggest reason for that at 5 e 5 is because he's playing with Dryden Hunt and Barkley Goodrow. And I just think he needs something a little bit more dynamic, which is Phil Kessel. It's, it's interesting. Right you know, can Panarin,
2: it's funny you say that. I mean, if you look at his points, I mean, the points are there, but he just doesn't feel like the same player this year. And I think he hit the nail on the head. What about like a, a
1: Tarasenko? I mean,
2: is that just dumb?
1: No, we would love I mean, Tarasenko, but the, the ship yeah, it's, sailed. It's not dumb. The Blues just aren't doing it. Yeah, the Blues, they're in a good position. I don't know why they trade them at this point.
2: Yeah, because that's the name that I heard sort of chatted about. I mean, I guess you could go to them and say, listen, you know, we did you a solid.
0: we gave you a top-line player for four years. Congratulations yeah, on one did, of the best contracts. We, we
1: gave you Tarasenko's honest replacement, and you didn't have to give us anything. So the least you could do is give us Tarasenko. But the – the time to make that move was in the summer, when again another player thought that a team fucked him up medically and wanted out. Right. And, and, and remember, they're... Seattle didn't take him. That's crazy. And you the look Seattle draft at is gonna. It's something we don't talk enough about. I don't. The master class of them just not taking the best available players is remarkable.
2: Now, something you know, we're talking about guys that you have to trade for. You know, I don't know about the guy in Russia, what's going on there. Krassoff? You guys know a lot more about oh, this. Yeah, no, and, I mean, he's the guy that fits everything we just talked about. He's your guy. Why isn't he?
1: Uh, the re- well, the re- Guy, how many How many of your exes have you texted today? <laughs> sure
2: you text any of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the real reason. It's the relationship. Uh, and it worked on both sides, Guy. It was Chris Drury and, and Uh Him being a little mature on his side and Chris Drury also holding his ground on culture. Uh, and that's, that's where they're at. I don't think he ever comes back. I don't think he plays another game for the New York Rangers
2: and he gets traded at this deadline one way or another. He's, Can you package, I mean, you package him, Lundqvist, and Georgiev and a pick? What's coming back for that? Because that sounds like a haul to me.
0: See, that's where, that, that's where a lot of teams, Vancouver fans will tell you that that package is terrible for JT Miller. Ranger fans would say, oh, I'd only do half that package for JT Miller. That's the package that's trying to go for Jacob Chikrin, to be honest with you. That, that it's going to be the first round, the Lundqvist, the, the off, and then maybe one other asset for for a Chikrin. And I don't know if a lot of teams can really beat that for a Chikrin who's going to have three more years of control. And that's without adding Ryan Lindgren. That, now that makes the left side incredibly interesting. Where if you had uh, Chikrin, Lindgren, and Miller on the left side, and then you have the right side of, uh, of Fox, Truba, and Schneider. Well, now you have something that's very special with Igor Shosturkin. And you're just trying to do the Henrik Lundqvist strategy, which is score two goals and win every game.
2: Does Georgie have finished the year as a Ranger?
0: Uh, I'll say yes now, unfortunately, because they've tried to trade him every year for the last three years, and they've yet to do it.
1: Yeah. and he'll be, what a, about, he'll be a Ranger this year, but not at camp next year.
2: And so there's a kid in, I don't know what level he's playing at, but they just made him a You guys know the name. I can't think of his Garland. name. But they just what's it? He's a forward. They just named him captain oh, of the team yeah what's it i mean because they seem to love him yeah i don't
0: think he's moving um greg has made a great point on this podcast that uh, we would we'd probably trade often for a serious piece but none of these serious pieces really like, like if jacob tricker was available maybe but often because of the cap crunch that's coming for the new york rangers in the next couple of years and it is a serious cap crunch uh cheap elc forwards are going to be unbelievably valuable to them and he's going to be one of those
1: right i'm just he's... i'm a I'm I'm not a stock guy guy necessarily, <laughs> but I'm just saying his stock's never going to get higher. Sometimes you just got to sell and catch out.
0: There you play.
2: go. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. We're about to play hockey again for the first time, and it seems like three months. Yeah, crazy. Um, I mean, listen, I think they've set themselves up really well. I mean, is this a team that's going to find their way to the to the Stanley Cup Finals, or are we still, you know, one round and out? Here's the
0: problem: the first round's going to be hard, no matter what.
2: Like, Playing Pittsburgh right now if the, if the season ended today, right? Yeah,
0: and we had our Pittsburgh uh, uh, correspondent on last week. I can call Jesse that, right? Um, and, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and he, he pretty much said he would hate to see the Rangers in the first round because Igor Shosturkin and the way they play counters the way the Pittsburgh Penguins play. And that's great, but I think the Carolina Hurricanes would be the team I'd be really scared to see in the first round. And then I, I think any of the Atlantic teams I'd feel pretty comfortable against, as crazy as that sounds, if we got there.
2: Why are the Panthers so good? man
0: uh I can tell you the real reason they have so many good players on cheap contracts that were undervalued I mean do, what's do Claire's contract Greg like, like a well criminal? It, it,
1: they have all their forwards are good all their defensemen are good but more importantly is actually playing like a goalie you should be paying a lot of money and it I I mean guy it's just here's the answer to your question is this how far do you think the Rangers would go in the playoffs if Igor was not their goalie
2: yeah. Well, it you know, just to answer that question, would they, would they even be in a playoff position if he wasn't the goalie right now? No.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like the three of us can sit here and be like, how good are the actual New York Rangers? But in goal in, in hockey, it, the biggest playoff idiom is all you need is a hot goalie. And the New York Rangers have possibly the best goalie in the league. So all they need is for the best goalie in the league to be the best goalie in the league. And they'll, he'll go as far as the team, as he takes the team. So I've, could the Rangers lose in one round in a route? Possibly, especially if they don't bring in another forward that they clearly need. But could this team, as currently constructed, also win the Stanley Cup? Yeah, because Igor Shesterkin could just decide not to allow any goals. Mm-hmm. Guy doesn't he's lose that
0: good. He doesn't he really doesn't lose. He's done no losing like his whole life. He just doesn't do it. Uh, so when it,
2: he's never really been in a. Any... He doesn't. You know, Hank had listen. Hank would give up some really sh- soft goals, and he had some shitty nights. I mean, I've yet to see. I mean, I can count on one hand the amount of soft goals this kid's let up since I've been watching him play as a rancher. It's pretty remarkable.
0: Plays a totally different style, too. Guy, we've been on here for 40 minutes already. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to chat Rangers with us. I don't want to take up more of your time. Um, I I appreciate you coming on.
2: Is there anything you'd like to plug for a little bit? No, not at all. I'm glad you guys had me on. I love talking. Hockey is far and away my favorite sport and the rangers are far and away my favorite team so it's always great to be able to chat about them dude thanks you, so you much for me, on.
1: you made me wait until we started recording the podcast so now i actually do have to ask <laughs> tell me i don't have to get into crypto i don't want to do it i just if don't you if you can't explain it so i've had people i've read books about it
2: i read articles and i've yet to sort of wrap my head around it and what i tell people if you can't explain it to me in 30 seconds then you don't understand it either and nobody's been able to do it so I understand you know that, that fear of missing out and, oh, my God, everybody's in this thing, but it just is not intuitive to me. So I think if, if it doesn't make sense to you, there are better places to be. Just keep doing what you're doing. I'll
1: just say that barcode commercial last night crashed their fucking website. I'm not <laughs> investing in shit where they can't plan this stuff out. It's stupid. I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it.
0: Guy, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll talk to you later in the season, and we'll keep in touch.
2: Thanks, fellas. Enjoy the rest of the season. We'll do. Thanks, buddy.
0: And I want to take this time to thank the NHL Insider Podcast members. who are part of the Offer Sheet Club, very fun, very exclusive club where we talk on the NHL Discord all the time about all the latest rumors and trends, and we dispel some of the ones that are fake uh, that get found on the internet. Who knew? Uh, without further ado, uh, I would like to thank these people: Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Adam Keach, Admin, Alex Gardner, Amber Coensberger, Austin Beadleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters. Biggest Malone, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel Day, David Aaron, Dennis Dites, Darian. Eric Carlson says, miss, I miss Rangers Hockey. He's changing his his name every week, Eric Carlson. Smart guy. Eric Stagg, give Gartner a cup. Gret- Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Handel, Harrison Hasco, Hip Pop or 89, Ian Roderick, Rodriguez, Jake Berkowitz, and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Justin Friedman, Justin Starr, Chris from Florida, Christopher Berg, Christopher, what am I? What's wrong with me? Christopher, <laughs> Christopher. Lazy Krukowski, Luigi Ardano, Lucas K, Matthew Guy, Max Nielsen, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Gro, Neil Grover, Pasco Perrier, Pavel Kovarev, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lomayer, and of course Stegulbax, Weingart, the Drop BK, Thomas Welsh, Tommy Seclary, Thomas Junior, Tommy O'Neill, the from for Manhattan Upstate, Vin Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, and Will Specter. Cannot thank you enough for being part of the club. Means a lot to us. A very interesting week when it comes to actually determining what is a real trade rumor and not. And I say that because you're act- you're actively seeing different reports from different beat writers currently. So, for example, if you go out and read uh, Mr. Staples' piece on The Athletic today, and then you go read some from Vince Mercurgliano who's been on this show a couple of times, uh, you'll notice that there's active, conflicting information and takes. I think that's going to be sort of the case for the next few weeks here as the trade deadline comes up in the next five weeks as we are away. One of the reasons for that is the Rangers are going to leak certain pieces of information that are not true. This is uh, playing the game through the media. This has happened forever and constantly. I actually don't know why the JT Miller thing comes up so frequently. I think the story is almost like a nothing burger. I'm sure Greg and I have discussed this on this show. Uh, would I be surprised if JT Miller is a Ranger? Uh, a little bit, yeah, I would, but I think the price would be a, a, a price point where the Rangers have, you feel that you, most teams or the NHL reaction would be like, wow, that's a steal for JT Miller. Uh, I think Ranger fans are going to overvalue Niels Lundqvist uh, for good reason. Niels is like a great prospect and we've seen him in almost no games and he's gotten an almost no chance to actually thrive in this system. And there will be a podcast and there will come a day where, where Greg and I actually break down. Prospect development of the New York Rangers, of which they've had a serious issue. Uh, I don't really. I, I know Vince kind of talked about this on his show a couple weeks ago. Like the, the 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 development of Adam Fox and Igor Shestirkin. You could say that the Rangers did that, but they didn't really do that. Other systems develop those players, and then they be, also became magical. Uh, younger players that come to the New York Rangers have not thrived, and that's something we will talk about. So Niels Lundqvist will definitely be on the table. crafts off on the table, as you know. But all these conflicting rumors will be coming in and out. Throughout the next couple weeks, and just just don't get baited. It's not worth it. Drury to me is going to take the best deal possible. I I'm not I, I want to, I don't want to say I'm fully out on Chris Drury. I'm not. I think he's still a competent GM who uh, kind of got swindled in his first deal with the Buchnevich deal, of course. And I, I feel like his hand was forced in that deal because he thought he had another deal done. I've been very on the record about that. The Nemeth deal, the Nemeth situation is very strange, um, and obviously we're yet we to see some of the other returns. Barkley Goodrill has been good. Uh, the, the, if he didn't have six years on his contract, we would never complain. If Barclay Goodrow was was signed for three years, we'd be like, wow, the Barclay Goodrow contract was a piece of work. Just absolute genius by Chris Drury. But that's just not the case. Six years. So we'll see how that goes for Barclay Goodrow. Uh, that's it. So uh, we'll be back next week. S- don't get baited by fake trade rumors out there and, and fake everything. It's fun to talk trade rumors. It's super awesome. I don't think we're going to be getting something. Uh, till, for the next couple weeks. or, or there might I think there's going to be two moves, one that might come sooner than later, and one by the trade deadline, which will be the cheapest price possible for Chris Drury, and we'll go from there. We'll be back with BSBOT later this week. We have Rangers hockey today as you're listening to this, or maybe even after the game. Who knows? And we'll see you guys next week. Love you, bye.